when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is Colby Patnode. I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. And Ty, how about that ending to end game? Let's talk about that right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Do not turn off the podcast. We're not going to spoil anything for you guys yet. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll try not to. Um, but yeah, we just recently saw the movie, um, which was nice because after the last couple of days, we needed something fun um, to do because the Mariners didn't provide any of it. Um, but they did still split a four game series against the Texas Rangers. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're also going to take a look at the upcoming two game series against the Chicago Cubs. So Ty, I guess we'll start with the good from, uh, the Rangers series there. Uh, the Mariners were able to win their first two games of the series. They take the first one in a blowout. Um, the second one, they quote unquote blow the lead and then they come back and what was it? The 10th or the 11th. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of went on a funky, weird little play there. Um, but they do get the first, they do win the first two games of the series. So um, what did you, uh, what did you take away from those first two games? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing um, from the first game was not uh, the offense, uh, you know, winning 14 or one or winning 14 to one, I believe the score was correct. Am I right on that? Uh, 14, 14 to two, two, I believe. Okay. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing though was, was Marco Gonzalez who looked incredible. Uh, I was so, so, so impressed with Marco in that, in that start. Um, the second game. Yeah, it was, it, it was really strange. That was, that was quite a weird way to win it it did feel even when they um even when Swarzak gave up that home run to chew that uh that was the mariners game to win um just the rangers top to bottom just really didn't show a whole lot in those first two games uh even if they were able to score what was it four in the in the in the second game um so I I felt like a, a like a Mariner win was inevitable and yeah it was a really funky play it kind of reminded me of uh they had this walk off against the Rangers a couple years ago um on a Sunday on a Nelson Cruz ground ball and they tried to double yeah. off uh Cano and uh, I believe they dropped uh dropped it on the exchange or something yeah um and so that was that was pretty much a, a similar play with Forsyth bobbling the ball and, and D beat out the throw to second anyway and Odor couldn't hold on to it. Um so yeah that was that was uh, a you know pretty uh that was you know fun. Um the one thing that I did take from that though is Anthony Swarzak's looked really uncomfortable the last few uh, appearances he's made. Um I'm not you know I, I missed the last two games of the blowouts thankfully so I, I'm not sure if he pitched in those games, did he? Uh, he didn't pitch on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I stopped watching after about the fifth or sixth inning to do some uh, some yard work, and so I didn't see him pitch um, in that game. So, 
So, um, but, you know, from what I've seen uh, lately of Swarzak going back to Anaheim, uh, he's just, he looks really uncomfortable on the mound. Um, and then, you know, like, like I said, the last two games, I didn't see him. Thank God. Because, <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, combined 29 to 2. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, how did they get the run on Sunday? Uh, double ground ball, ground ball. Oh, lame. I was yeah. hoping no Not dinger even a home run. Yeah. No dinger streak. All right. So, um, but yeah, so that's, uh, yeah. Um, so we'll just ignore those two games and pretend they never happened. <laughs> I, I believe the Mariners are still in first place, correct? I, I think the Astros uh, lost yesterday. I don't know. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. I think they're either up by half a game or down by half a game. Um, not that it really matters at this stage of the year. Um, sure. but yeah, just to kind of go back to the first two games, um, you know, Mar- like you said, Marco looked great and that's kind of been his MO lately in his last five starts. He has a 2.14 ERA and he's held opponents to a 593 OPS. Um, so they're not getting on base against him. They're not doing any damage against him. Really the only blunder in the last five starts of his has been that two run home run he gave up to Mike Trout in a three to one game. And that was in the eighth inning when it was iffy if he should even be out there. Um, so Marco looked fantastic um, again, and we will get to see him against the Cubs, and that'll be a very fun matchup. Um, a lot of right-handed power in that Cubs lineup. So um, mm-hmm. we'll see how that uh, that works itself out. Uh, but also on Friday, we did get to see Justice Sheffield uh, make his debut. Uh, uh, yep. what, what, what did you think? There were certainly some ups and downs, but overall, what did you think? Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it it was, it was, it went as expected. Um, you know, the, the fastball command wasn't there. That was, that's been a thing for him even before he joined the organization and then going into Tacoma's, uh, first four appearances there. Um, I, and I wrote about that saying that, you know, this is what you should probably expect that he's not going to. Uh, have a great command of his fastball going into that into that appearance. I mean, especially considering it's his Mariners debut. There's a lot of adrenaline going on. Um, yeah, and I, and I think you know, it, I think statistically, you know, you know, runs wise, it it went better as expected. You know, the Rangers didn't do a whole lot of damage to him or take advantage of those command issues. Um, but overall, just mechanically, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, it wasn't even really good, but, uh, you know, it, it, he, it, he did enough to, to give them a chance to win and that's what happened. So, um, I was fine with that. I was hoping that he would give them a little more, uh, in terms of innings, uh, his pitch count went pretty high early on, um, because of the command issues and, um, you know, then that, you know, meant that the uh, the Mariners were were down to just chasing Bradford by the time they got to the eleventh inning, because Sadzik had to come in in the fifth and all that. So, uh, so yeah, and and it was um, funny too that that the one um, start that Kikuchi makes where he's only going one inning, he looks fantastic <laughs> in his first <laughs> inning. So, uh, but uh, you know, the, there's some irony in that, but. Uh, but yeah, I thought Sheffield, you know, he, he uh, the command's going to be a problem. He's he's just he's got to continue working on that and um, honing that 
on a more consistent ba- on a more consistent basis. And until that point, I really would not like to see him in uh, in Seattle until he really uh, nails that down. Right. Um, on the positive side of things, I think you can certainly see why the Mariners like him. Uh, he's yeah. got a very clean delivery, um, pretty easy velocity. He sat 92 most of the game. We saw a few 94s, 95s even um, out of the fastball. Um you know, with from a lefty that is five foot eleven or whatever he is, um, that's a really good sign. He was able to maintain his velocity even though he threw eighty pitches in three innings. Uh, we didn't see him tie or anything like that. Um, the first inning it really looked like he was just overthrowing everything. He spiked a few changeups and sliders, um, and he worked his way through it. Um, and then after that, we really started to see a really good slider, um, probably a 60-grade slider. We saw at least a couple 65-grade sliders on the uh, 2080 scale. There was one in particular where he struck out. Um, I'm, now I'm blanking on who. It was a right-handed hitter, and he threw that back foot slider uh, type of thing, and it was just, it was filth. Um, mm-hmm. So you definitely see what the Mariners like about him. Um, yeah. I think you could also see why the Yankees may have been more willing to trade him than we would have thought, or than most people thought. Um, because if you remember that Yankees trade, there was pretty much unanimous consensus that, well, the Yankees won't give up Justice Sheffield, but they'll give up, you know, Florial or whoever it is, um, uh-huh. in that deal. And we were all kind of surprised when they gave up Sheffield. Um, but the fastball command issues are legitimate. Um, however, again, he's 22, 23 years old. Um, he's got now, I believe five innings of big league baseball under his belt. Um, and we did see in spring training, what he looks like when he commands the fastball, he's going to be a very good pitcher. Um, if he can figure that out, uh, thankfully he won't get called up barring a few injuries, I would think, um, until, uh, probably late May, if that, um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, now he's got his first taste and go back to Tacoma, get back on his normal schedule. Uh, hopefully we start to see improvement with the fastball command. Also, it'd be nice if the changeup could flash like it did in spring training. Um, because if it does, then that is a legit number two starter um, profile right there. So overall, like I said, I, I would come away encouraged. Uh, there was no new, uh, problems that, uh, propped up, you know, we kind of, we knew about the fastball command. Um, we knew the changeup was a little bit behind his other pitches. We knew all that stuff. So, um, yeah. and it all showed, but we also did get to see the velocity and, uh, a handful of really, really good sliders. So overall I would be, uh, I would be pretty encouraged about, uh, about that outing. Um, <laughs> Just a little appetite, a little moose-bouche of what's to come there uh, with Justice Sheffield over the next six years. Um, yeah. So, yeah, overall, I would be pretty encouraged. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about these two ugly losses uh, <laughs> because I saw quite a few, more than one person, I would say, on Twitter um, somehow think that losing 29-2 to against the Astros is a lot better than losing 29 to two against like the Rangers. Um, I don't know about you, but a butt whooping is a butt whooping. No matter who delivers it, I don't feel better about it. If it's the best team in baseball versus a Rangers team that honestly it's, it's the two teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, 
on paper. I would say Seattle's probably a little better than Texas, but I mean, it's not like a significant jump. Um, and three of these four games were blowouts. So I guess, yeah. you know, does the opponent, does it matter to you who the opponent is for these blowout games or is it just, you know, baseball? Yeah, I think it's just baseball. I think it's, um, you know, matchups are unfavorable for you in one aspect. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, uh, there's so many things that go into what affects um, a certain game of baseball, any game, really. The, mm-hmm. the, the only sport uh, or the only sports that really don't have outside effects uh, or as many, at least, are, um, you know, indoor sports like basketball and hockey. You know, when you think about like even um, if you look back at like the NFL and look back at that that Seahawks game that they lost to the 49ers in San Francisco, that was weather and that field being garbage. You mm-hmm. know, that like you put them on a neutral field, Seahawks are beating them all day, every day. Um, you know, and the same thing is for baseball. You know, that's, you know, we looked at that that Cleveland game uh, a while ago that Swanson started where it was just one nothing. You had the, the shade and everything. There's just so many things at play into why uh, you lose a baseball game. It's not just, it doesn't just break down to talent uh, in certain, in some games. Um, and I think that's, that's what you see here. So that's why I don't really, it doesn't really affect me one way or another. Um, when you look on paper, the Mariners have a clear pitching edge against the Rangers. Obviously, yes, the, the, the last two losses getting blown out doesn't really support that, but it's true when you just look at it from an overall perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, that doesn't bother me. I know that the Mariners are, are a slightly better team than the Rangers just because, again, they have the pitching edge. And I think that offense against offense is about a draw, mm-hmm. uh, right now. Um, yeah, so it, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it happens. You know, the Mariners, they got one as well where they won, you know, 14 to two or whatever. And then, the Rangers did the same thing on back-to-back days, and you know some of that goes into Eric Swanson. I, you know, I, I remember you DM me uh, something about Swanson, and I, I assume that means that uh, Swanson was not good, <laughs> and um, you know, and I haven't been able to to look at it yet. It's just been a busy week for me. But and then um, and then the other night, you know, it's errors and all, you know, just bad luck, and Mike Leak wasn't sharp and. You know, it's um, it just it happens. It's baseball. And, you know, it, it, unfortunately, it happened back to back days, but it's really not a huge deal. It's just two losses. They're the same two losses that would happen if you lost one to nothing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, yeah. But but my run differential, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. The Mariners won 89 games last year with a negative run differential. I'm not saying run differential is irrelevant. It's not. Um, but what I am saying is, is that the run differential it can be greatly impacted by, you know, two games. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, they went from plus 41 to plus 14 in two days. Um, like, are we really, we're just going to forget the first uh, 20 games and focus on the last two or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's really short-sighted. Um, so yeah, I don't really care. And like I said, the thing about blowouts is I never associate blowouts with a talent discrepancy. Uh, for yeah. me, the series against the Astros, that was about not having the talent that Houston did. And those were all close games. Those were winnable games. Um, but again, the difference there is a talented roster versus a slightly less talented roster. Whereas in these two games, 
the difference was, well, starting pitching and defense sucked. You got into a huge hole late, and I mean, it doesn't matter how bad a bullpen is, they're not going to blow 12 run leads um, very often. So, um, you know, just one of those things. Uh, Mike Leak, I do feel a little bit bad for. Um, there were two errors in the first two innings, and both of the errors were uh, preceded by a three run home run. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's bad luck. He threw five innings. Uh, I think it, his final line was five earned. Um, so I'm not saying that he was good, um, but it's really hard for a guy like Mike Leak uh, to get you four or five outs an inning. It's really hard for him to do that. Yeah. Um, so he needs a defense behind him. Didn't get it. Um, as for Eric Swanson, yeah, it was, the fastball was, it was down uh, for the most part. It was down around the thighs. Um, and we've talked about this constantly. A 91-mile-an-hour fastball thigh high is not going to produce good results for Eric Swanson. Right. He has to pitch above the belt with the fastball on the corners of the plate. And his breaking stuff and his off-speed stuff have to be on the corners too. If he's throwing a ball in the middle third of the plate, whether it's high, low, or down the middle, it's going to get hit hard. He does not have the stuff to make up for that, um, and we saw it. So, um, you know, a lot of people were asking, oh, well, look at Eric Swanson. He looks so great. He's obviously going to be a part of the rotation now. That's that's why we tell you guys to pump the brakes a little bit there. Um, each start has gotten progressively worse, and, um, you know, again, it makes sense as the league is seeing him more and more and more. Um it's going to happen. He's going to have to make adjustments. Um, but again, basically the three games we've seen against Swanson, I still see a guy who is a sixth inning, you know, slightly better than Chase and Bradford type of reliever. Um, and a guy who can throw 96 in those, in those spots. Uh, so his stuff does actually play up in the bullpen as opposed to when he's starting. I just don't think he has the stuff to start. Um, honestly, I would like to see him go out there as a starter and throw 96. We know he can do it as a reliever. I would like to see the mayor say, you know what, just go out there, pitch this game. Like, you know, it's the seventh inning and see how far you can get us. And if you can only go four innings, throwing 96 miles an hour or whatever, fine, fine. We'll take it. But we have to see if you can pitch at that velocity. Cause at 96, that changes things. Uh, the slider doesn't have to be as good. The changeup doesn't have to be as good. The fastball location doesn't have to be as good. So I would like to see Swanson go out and cause right now he's sitting about 91, 92 when he starts. Um, and when we saw him in, uh, in relief in Kansas city, he was 94 to 96. So, um, I would like to see them just, Hey, you know what? Don't worry about getting through the lineup three times or whatever. Go out there, blow the fastball by him and let's just see how this works. Right. Um, so we'll see. Um, but overall, yeah, not a very good start for either of those guys. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too worried. Like I said, the team over the last 10 days has been five and five. Um, you know, they won three in a row. They lost three in a row. They won two in a row. They lost two in a row. Um, they're pretty much just playing like a 500 team the last two weeks. And that's about what we expected them to be. So I just, I don't see any reason to panic. Um, it's it sucks when those losses happen. It especially sucks when they happen on back to back days. But it, it's baseball, man. It's there's that won't be the last game like that this year either. Um, hopefully, it doesn't happen tonight. But uh, you never know. 
it's it's baseball. So um, speaking of tonight, let's go ahead and jump over to our uh, series preview here against the uh, against the NL Central. Very surprise or a very uh, rare visit to Seattle. The Chicago Cubs come to town tonight for a brief two game set. Um, first pitch tonight is at seven ten. It will be uh, Cole Hamels versus Felix Hernandez. Felix looking to build on his best start in, I don't know, probably a couple years. Um, and he will have to do it against a very good uh, Cubs lineup. So, Ty, um, let's talk about Felix for a second here. Um, I'm not going to ask you what you expect because I think we all know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just... What are you looking for in this start to give you any glimmer of hope that maybe Felix has figured stuff out or something out? Um, can he work that curveball like he did in San Diego? Um, and can he continue to pitch up to his opponent? Uh, he's He pitched well against Houston. He's pitched well against San Diego. Um, the Cubs are another uh, another team that is in the upper echelon of the of the MLB's um, top teams, and um, you know especially in terms of what they present lineup wise, um, you know because when you look at Felix's other two starts, both against the Angels, he's been mediocre, and that's against a mediocre lineup, um, which is really strange <laughs> to think that. His best two starts of the year have come against two of the best lineups in baseball. So can that continue? Um, can he continue to work his curveball? Can he continue to have that changeup uh, working for him? Um, because if so, then he's not going to ha- he's not going to be so tempted to lean on his fastball because we, you and I, both know what happens when he when that happens. Um. So. That's what I'm looking for. How can he quick, you know, can he quickly get around this lineup? Can he do it efficiently? Can he keep the ball on the ground? Can he generate weak contact on a consistent basis? And if so, then that's all that's all you can hope for from him now at this point in his career. And that's fantastic because that is number three, number four type of stuff that you're getting out of Felix. And right now, that's kind of what you need out of him, um, especially when you consider what's going on with Eric Swanson and uh, and if Mike Leake is having some things that he's working through and all that. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm, I, I would like to see from Felix. Uh, I was really, really um, happy with what I saw in San Diego. And I, I you know, I hope for... Nothing but the best for him, and 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 would love to see him continue that success. Um, I just, you know, again, I'm not, I haven't bought in. I don't know if I would buy in if he has another start tonight like that. Um, but I'd feel a little more encouraged by it. Right. Um, for me, I would really like to see. The- I would really like to see him continue to throw the change up early in the count. Um, for the most of the last two years, he's tried to put people away with the change up and they're just not chasing it anymore. There was no reason to, the change up was still firm. 
Um, and if it starts at the knees with Felix, there's a pretty good chance it's going to drop out of the strike zone. Um, so they would just wait and wait, and then they would hit his fastball, which is a terrible pitch um, for him right now. So I would like to see him continue to throw the changeup in the strike zone, um, try to get weak contact off of it, throw it early, finish him off with a curveball, throw just enough fastballs to try and uh, keep them off the changeup. Um, he's going to give up hits. That's going to happen with Felix Hernandez now. Um, he's going to give up runs. That's going to happen as well. Uh, but again, it's just about having a game plan, sticking to it, trusting your catcher and throwing your stuff for strikes instead of trying to get everybody to chase everything, um, to rack up strikeouts. Honestly, last week it felt like, or in his last start, it felt like Felix was pitching to contact a little bit more and it produced the most strikeouts he's had in a long time. Um, so, um, I think he's got to trust his stuff, trust his catcher, put it in the zone and see what happens. Trust the game plan. Um, and also I would like to see a few more of those, uh, you know, the backdoor two seam, uh, two seam fastballs that we saw, uh, last week he struck out Kinsler. I think it was in his second at bat. He's we've all seen the, like the classic Bartolo Cologne two seam fastball starts about four inches off the outside corner, runs right into the right into the outside corner. Um, batter gives up on it. It's a strike, strike three looking. I would like to see a few of those tonight. Um, sure. he, he showed it once or twice in San Diego. Um, and I think that's how he can get value out of the fastball right there. So, um, he said stat line wise, I'm not really interested. I don't really care what the stat line reads. I care about what it looks like. Um, so if he gives up four runs or whatever, but it's soft contact and, you know, seeing nice singles and all that stuff. I really don't care that much that he gave up the four runs. So we'll wait and see there. Um, yeah. And then uh, tomorrow's game is another pretty interesting pitching matchup. It's a uh, one o'clock first pitch, I believe. Um, it is Marco Gonzalez taking on uh, Tacoma native John Lester. Um, John Lester's off to a pretty good start this year, as is Cole Hamels. Um there are a few underlying underlying uh, numbers that suggest neither one of them have been as good as they seem. Um, but those are two really good pitchers still. Um, and the Mariners are uh, countering tonight with their best pitcher, Marco Gonzalez, who's been on an incredible role. Um, so tomorrow's matchup, is, I think, is going to be really fun. Um, yeah. And I think both of these um, matchups work well for the Mariners. Um, just the way uh, both Hamels and Lester work um, works well for what the Mariners like. Um, neither guy is going to overpower them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of been the biggest problem for the Mariners' offense: is guys that are pitchers that can throw, you know upper 90s and blow it right by them um you know the mariners are a team that strikes out quite a lot and uh i think i think this is a good opportunity for them to um get things going again um you know the the problem is are they going to be playing catch up at least tonight um with felix on the mound um again this is a this is a good lineup uh with chicago and um I think if they're not playing catch up like they have been for the last two nights, um, I think you could you could see um, a really uh, strong performance out of the out of the Mariners' offense and a, and a quick turnaround. Um, but again, I, I really like the matchups um, for them. Um, I think they're favorable for the Mariners uh, just from an overall standpoint. 
Um, and we'll we'll see how I, how it works. But you know, again, I'm also really interested to see how Marco pitches against this offense. Um, this is a really, really, really strong lineup. And um, if Marco has another solid outing, I mean, um, that's that's huge. You know, Marco right now uh, is fifth in uh, in F four um, with one point three. Um, I believe that's that's what it was last time I checked. And um, yeah, I'm you know if 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 that continues, that's that's huge for for what the Mariners need right now because. You know, you you looked at this rotation and you didn't see a clear cut ace. And I'm not calling Marco Gonzalez an ace by any means, but to have at least one pitcher that can consistently give you solid innings, no matter who the opponent is, that's what they need. Um, they just need someone to give them a chance at least once every fifth night, um, especially you know because this schedule is about to get a lot tougher. Um, uh, the East Coast trip is coming up, and uh, it really starts now with the Cubs series, even though it's just a two-game set in Seattle. But this is this is a, going to be a long stretch for them, and um, yeah, and and if, and if Marco can give them that kind of consistency going on in, into tomorrow and then further, um, that's that's going to be huge. So I, I really I, I I'm I'm very hopeful for for what Marco can do against Chicago tomorrow, and uh, you know same for Felix. Right. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, it's going to be a very tough, uh, at least on paper, a very tough uh, two weeks after the Cup Series. Um, by the way, the first pitch on the Cup Series tomorrow is twelve forty, not one o'clock. Um, but after the Cup Series, they do get a day off as they travel East, which is really nice because in the past they haven't gotten that luxury a lot of the time. Um, but they do get a day off and then here's what their next week looks like starting this weekend. Uh, three games at Cleveland, by the way, Francisco Lindor is back, uh, four Mm. games against the New York Yankees who I believe have won 12 of their last 15. Of course, all those games are in Yankee stadium. Um, and then three games against Boston, in Boston at Fenway, um, including back-to-back day games. So Boston hasn't really gotten going yet, uh, but that's still a super talented roster. But uh, they will against us. <laughs> maybe we'll see, or maybe before us. Um, and then they go, and then they come back home, and they get Oakland for two, which you know Oakland's a pretty good team. Then they get a Wednesday day off, and then they get the Minnesota Twins who I believe have the second best record in the AL right now. Um, they get the twins for four games. So, and then they finish up with three against Texas off day, three against Oakland. Um, those are all six of those are on the road. Then they come back and they play Texas three more times at home. And then they play Los Angeles for a three game, uh, four game set. And that wraps up may. So may is going to be quite difficult. Um, yep. So I and this is and this is where you're going to find out if this team is is for real. Um, you know, the last two days that that doesn't change how I feel about this team, whether I whether it was negative or positive. Um, but May now you're going to find out if this is a team that can stay in contention for a wild card moving forward. Um, you're going to learn a lot about them. And um, yeah, this is this is huge. This whole stretch. Um, 
you know, can they can they hang with these teams? Yep. And that's what we're going to find out. And by the way, after that uh, Angels series wraps up in early June, you get the Houston Astros for four games. So yeah. things continue to get better and better. So um, <laughs> the Mariners may be entering. I mean, I don't know if I want to call it the most critical, um, but this next six weeks or so is going to be some very tough baseball games. Uh, it's more about survival mode um, for me and maybe for the Mariners themselves. Uh, if they want to uh, give Jerry any reason to consider adding to this team, it's going to have, they're going to have to win quite a few of these games. Um, and that all starts tonight against the uh, Chicago Cubs. So I think that's going to wrap up our series preview podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter at SotomojoFS. It's the best way to get a hold of us to uh, leave questions and comments and all that stuff, uh, suggestions, all of it. The best way to do that is at, on Twitter at SotomojoFS. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can just search SotomoJo and find us there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you guys don't miss any new episodes. And uh, do us a favor and head over to uh, SotomoJo.com and read some of our Mariners content right up there. Um, we have a few articles about some potential pitching ads that the Mariners could uh, could look into acquiring. Um, we also have a piece about the, uh, uh, I would call it defense, but that seems like an insult to teams that actually play it, uh, the troubling trend of errors for the Mariners, especially the last couple days. Uh, we have a piece up there about that as well. So uh, make sure you guys visit SotoMojo.com for all your Mariners content. Uh, And again, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.